Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Talent Surgery podcast series. We want to celebrate the individuals that have revolutionized the hiring and onboarding processes across the fintech industry. Talent creation is more than just a first day, a first week, or a first year. We want to showcase how all-encompassing it is to people's entire careers and their successes. We believe it's the people that really define and execute strategy and want to showcase the agility needed to build great teams. And this year in particular, life has thrown us a number of challenges. So welcome Naomi Tricky, Chief People Officer of Receipt Bank. Receipt Bank are in the business of making bookkeeping simple. Their award-winning accounting software is used by more than 50,000 accountants and bookkeepers across the world and has helped more than 1.3 million people digitize over 250 million pieces of financial paperwork. So that's a real big introduction. Um, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us on the Talent Surgery. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And um, So could you tell us a bit more about Receipt Bank? Yeah, so as you said, we provide accounting tools um, to help transform businesses. And essentially what we do is we support the people who support the people running businesses. And so accountants are our, our bread and butter. And what we do is we free them up from manual tasks so they can actually spend more time on the advisory work, helping their clients to grow. Um, so in terms of our business, um, we've got about 460 people, seven offices, um, most of our engineering is is done in uh, Sofia in Bulgaria, but other than that, we've got commercial offices around the world, uh, and then a large team in the UK as well, um, sort of marketing and product. So that's the business. Um, uh, we we have uh, those commercial teams are run by GMs, um, so uh, in each market, um, and so we believe in kind of centralized best practice, but also um, uh, localizing where it's appropriate. And that's particularly important for accountants, obviously, because accounting practices differ, do differ by jurisdiction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that people listening will be really interested in, in you and, and what your role entails as chief people officer. So the short form is that I manage recruitment and HR globally, <laughs> um, but that really is like the, the simplest way of describing it. Um, so the slightly longer form is that I'm one of the leadership team um, whose primary focus is the onboarding development and retention 
um, of our people. Um, and I do this along with my team. So I've got 10 people um, with a combination of projects, initiatives, um, and programs. Um, we've got a strong internal recruitment team um, and then um, who are based in the UK. And then I have um, uh, HRBPs um, in each of the markets in which we operate essentially. So my role, I, I, I'm a big believer in the network. Um, so I go into a business and I develop a network in order to help me understand the sort of flow of information, what's going on, where there are blockages, where there are problems. Um, and my network works up and down as well as across. I don't, I, I talk to anyone and anyone can talk to me. Um, I have, you know, step level one-to-ones all the time, agenda free. I usually start by saying, how can I help? And funnily enough, people feel <laughs> they've got plenty of things they need my help with. Um, but then I, um, I ask my team to do the same thing, um, to develop their network. And, and, and what that does is, um, it, it, it allows that approach to scale, um, because my network supports their network and so on and so forth. And we gather information from around the business as to what's going on, what's not happening, what needs to change. And we, and then we try and do something about it basically. Well, it sounds like a huge role and responsibility it must keep you incredibly busy. It is, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a fascinating role and it's the kind of work that I think you either, it, it's a new way of looking at people management, um, mm. relatively new. Um, I, I historically, when I first started doing the role, it was still in its infancy and you had to sort of describe it to people. Now, when I am interviewed um, um, to become a chief people officer, um, there is a uh, there is a fluency, there is an understanding um, amongst the C-suite as to what a chief people officer does. You do not translate everything into policies anymore. Mm. Um, That's not that is not my job. Obviously, I oversee policy um, policies and procedures and, and try to make sure that we're compliant as a business. That's very important for us. But there is so much else that kind of makes it a very rich and rewarding um, role. Yeah, it definitely sounds so. I think it's amazing to hear you know, that simple question, how can I help? And I can just imagine the plethora of responses and <laughs> the amount of notes you have to take, like, right, I need to do this, 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 this afterwards. Well, what you try and do is you, you um, what you very quickly become good at is spotting themes. You make a connection between what one person tells you and what another person tells you. And it's, it always amuses me because people say to me, you know, there's another side to that story. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I literally spend my day understanding the other side of the story in order to, to, to join the dots. Mm. And I think um, a good people team um, are the connective glue to any organisation because we are literally across everything and if we're not there's a problem but our job again historically i think there was this perception that the hr hr and inverted commas were either the police um or they were gossips Mm. um and i'm very very clear that we are neither of those things um we use the information to help um we do not use the information to further our own agenda um and we do not use these the the information we surface for 
so any kind of Machiavellian or political aim. Mm. It's always to support the business, to support the people within the business um, and to keep information flowing as smoothly as possible. Yeah, and I think that's so important to to explain it um, the, the way that you have because um, you know this this podcast series it's about people and how do we how do we attract the best people but also look after them long term um, and it's great to hear you know what you're saying so it, it takes me to my next question about Receipt Bank and what it, what 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 you do that makes makes the company a great place to work I think people listening will love to hear what it's really like day in day out for someone that were to join you. Yeah, so um, I don't mean to be too abstract in my response, but um, so I joined Receipt Bank five weeks before lockdown. Um, and so I had five weeks of face-to-face in the London office. I had two trips planned. And by this time in the year, I would have visited all seven of those offices. Um, right. And I've been to none of them. So the relationships that I've built have been via Zoom, basically. I guess that's provided me an interesting filter to understand what makes Receipt Bank a great place to work. So whilst I don't have the, well, we all get together and have coffee every blah, blah, blah. Um, I do, I have a slightly more abstract view, which comes from sitting in my my workspace at home and, and building these kind of remote relationships. So I know everyone always says this, but the obvious answer here is that we have really great people um people make businesses people power businesses people make businesses and if you don't have great people um as you well know um the business will fail Uh, what makes receipt bank a great place to work is that we have great people um and by great i mean there is a level of integrity um, by which people operate at Receipt Bank that just blows me away pretty much every day. Um, um, I, my, my line to my team is, let's always assume good intent. You know, someone annoys you, let's just assume they've got a reason for that, um, for, for the way in which they've behaved. Um, let's assume good intent. And when someone comes to me and says, mm, I don't like how this person's behaving, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, let's start from assuming good intent and work from there and actually that message it's very easy to have that conversation at receipt bank because everyone is of high integrity another sort of uh, you know we another example of that is how the smt the senior management team operate i think a mark of integrity is how people behave when people aren't looking and um and um, I've seen decisions made behind closed doors that may that, that the most of the organisation won't see, um, and they've always been made with good intention. So people are very thoughtful um, about the decisions that are made. What we're working hard to do is make sure that that intelligence doesn't slow us down, because actually sometimes you can overthink a solution to a problem. And so there's a willingness to engage with the work that we're doing the need to get work done but let's do it smart as well as quickly yeah i think that's such a good point because there are so many businesses who have uber, uber intelligent people but that connection to to actually being smart with it and getting it done is, is really interesting and i love what you said there about let's always assume good intent i mean that that should be my motto for life anyway i think <laughs> so that's really really yeah, helpful I find it's interesting. One of the things that I've, um, in this 
job as opposed to you know doing this role in other companies um i've started to think quite a lot about how to market the work that a people team does and often these sorts of mottos really make a difference to people um now i'm not a marketeer i've done a lot of different jobs but i've never worked in marketing but i do care deeply passionately about language and it makes such a difference how you talk about what you're doing um, to the way in which it's adopted or the extent to which it's adopted. So um, always assume good intent is my latest one. Um, the one before that was, um, there's, a, there's a book of this title, it's not my phrase, but is brave, not perfect. The thing that they have in common is that they're both about action. Someone's coming to you to complain or someone's um, stuck somewhere just give it a go be brave not perfect we'll work it out okay um someone comes to you complaining and you're like okay let's start with assuming good intent these sorts of linguistic hooks like these phrases become something that people are like they can like hold on to them when they're having a bit of a wobble you know and um it also helps people understand what my team can do to help them Mm. like just we're coaches essentially yeah it definitely definitely sounds so and i think this year in particular um this support is needed and and it's great to hear how much depth you go into so my next question is about the challenges that you face as a business and how you overcome them now i know i'm very aware that you've just you've just mentioned the huge challenge of you joining five weeks we go into lockdown you haven't been to the offices yet um but it'd be good to hear any any further further thoughts on that question yeah so i mean covid is the obvious answer here but when i was thinking about the question i was thinking about what covid represents um in terms of the problem and what it represents in my mind is uncertainty and people struggle with uncertainty that i can't tell you the number of times people have said to me so when's it going to be over when can we go back to the office and it's like I would quite like to know the answer to that question myself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it's obviously, it also represents a challenge to our people in terms of their resilience. How to remain positive and constructive. I don't want our people's lives to be defined by COVID. So what we're trying to do is look forward and support at the same time. And it's an interesting kind of balancing act because you need to acknowledge the problem in order to create the support mechanisms right Mm. um one thing we're doing is um we're just about to launch a big wellness initiative so the rest of the company outside of the smt don't know this yet but um we're going to announce um meeting free wednesdays uh we're going to have a um recharge day um the beginning of december once the budgets are set we're going to add an extra day's close to uh, office closure to christmas uh, we're going to do one walking meeting a day um, and at the same time we're also launching a communication manifesto um, which is a whole bunch of guidelines about how to think differently about communication um, because communication is another big challenge that we face as a business not only because of covid and remote working but also as you grow um, communication pathways um, change and need to be re rewired essentially um person that you used to talk to is now doing a different role or 
you know, or in a different country or a, a new team has been created and you need to establish those, those kind of neural pathways for communication to be effective. Growth presents other challenges, obviously, how to hold together the, the culture. And one of the things I do here is I try to break down silos. So I encourage all of my projects, all of my initiatives have a stakeholder group from across the business um, to work together to solve um, big intractable problems. Like, for example, we're building a mentoring program. You know, I've got someone from marketing and someone from product working on that as, as primary stakeholders, um, because we all know that um, if you use your audience to design a solution to a problem, it's going to work for that audience. If you try to impose a solution onto people, they'll reject it. Uh, yeah, so uh, growth, communication and uncertainty, resilience. Those are the big challenges right now. Well, I, I think um, you're, you're handling them incredibly. Like the thought of a communication manifesto, um, <laughs> Like, I, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to learn more about that. And actually, I think we as a business need it. And a lot of the people that I'm talking to right now, that's a, a, great, um, a great thing to be working on. So my, my next question is something that um, I read, read about on your, on your website, saying, bring your best self every day. Then next week, bring it again, just a little bit better. And I love that quote. I think, um, I think it's really unique um, because a lot of people and lots of companies will talk about making an environment that, that's great for your best self. But this, this sort of feeling of constant improvement is something that I personally love. I hashtag most things by saying hashtag get better every day. So this is, this is a real close one to my heart. So I wanted just to hear a bit more about your people strategy around that quote. Yeah, that's um, a good question. So it's a work in progress, honestly. Um, I think part of the challenge we have in this industry and um, far greater thinkers than me have, have written books about this stuff, but is how we um, provide development opportunities for people who are living in an uncertain world. And, you know, there's the slightly disparaging term millennial that's bandied around. Um, I don't particularly like that term because actually, I think if we just um, exercised a bit of empathy, we would understand the particular anxiety that comes from leaving university with a load of debt um, that I can't even imagine what that must, the anxiety that must um, load onto a, a young person um, and at the same time they're in a kind of the macro climate is uncertain um, and they've somehow got to pay off this debt and you know by the way they won't have a pension and um, so they you know and uh, uh, you've got all this uncertainty and so what um, I'm trying to do is encourage people to um, take ownership of their um, own development path um, it helps that I have a career that has based has been based on hustle essentially. <laughs> um, so I didn't leave university. I mean, my job didn't exist when I left university. Um, and you take opportunities where you can get them, but you have to take ownership of the process in order to do that. So I'm trying to shift the conversation is what I'm trying to do at an abstract level. From when it when do I get a next promotion to what's my long term. Um, where do I want to be in 10 years time and how do I, how do I get there? So 
Um, I think I'm trying, in terms of my people strategy, what I'm trying to do is create a place in which people can do their best work, obviously, yeah. like most people uh, in my position. I think about the people strategy as of, of tracking the lifetimes of um, their interactions with Receipt Bank from the moment they first hear about us all the way through, um, through onboarding, giving them a sense of how they can contribute, knowing what value they add and how they can develop themselves. And that's then underpinned with a kind of foundational piece, which is the organisation. So that's uh, D&I, culture and so on. Yeah. Um, uh, um, really i come at it from two angles what can i do to keep people here and what can i do to make this a company that people want to stay at and once you've got that sense of belonging and purpose then you can really go back to right where do i want to be in 10 years time because people actually feel safe in that environment to have that conversation if you try to have that conversation and people don't feel safe they think you're going to fire them yeah and um and so actually you have to develop a really holistic strategy when you're talking about development and when you're asking something of people you have to give them something um it's very human uh, we are transactional beings and um and 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 so it, it cuts both ways essentially i feel that's quite an abstract answer but i hope it again no. gave you yeah that's given that's given me loads and, and i think you touched upon a bit of what i want to ask in the next question which is around um, people development and investing in, investing in that people development. And you touched upon it by saying you want to encourage people to really lead that themselves. Um, and I think that's you know coming from your as you said uh, your hustler background and, and yeah. opportunities for yourself. And I think that's quite empowering. So I'd love you just to explain a bit more on, on that piece, please. I think the first thing is about giving people information so that they can make informed decisions. So that goes back to my point about communication, really. Um, yep. you know, trying to give people a high level of um, both domain knowledge, so a lot of training around what, it, what matters to accountants, how accountants operate, um, how accountants differentiate themselves in terms of the services they offer. Um, and that starts at SMT level, actually. So we just literally had a piece of training, all day training for all of the leadership team on, on accountancy. Because if you don't understand your clients, then you're never going to be able to understand, you know, the pathways internally either. Um, but um, what I'm also doing is building out um, a training program for managers, which includes a bunch of tools. Um, so it's uh, career coaching cards, um, how to ask those questions to draw out those development um, goals from mm. people, um, but also much more standard things. So the, the cards are here. So I'm, I'm working on a prototype for them at the moment, um, but also um, much more standard tools like competency frameworks. Yeah. Uh, because I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, as I said, processes and policy, but actually people do need hard evidence. Mm. Like, where am I at now? Where am I going to be? What are the different steps I need to take? And their managers also need support. So when I've tried to launch competency frameworks in the past, and I haven't also provided management training at the same time, the conversations get stuck very quickly. Um, so those are just a couple of the things that we're yeah. doing. Basically. Yeah. And that sounds, sounds so, so exciting, because I think 
there's a lot of there are a lot of companies out there that can talk about what they'd like to do but what about the how behind you know how it actually gets yeah. done um and you know I, I you've said a number of times it's not policies it's not procedures but you do put things in place to really give people the security that they need to to actually go through with what you're what you're asking and what you're setting up so it's really great to hear um my last question then to you is what is next on the horizon for receipt bank well um next year is going to be awesome we've got a bunch of things um going on but um i suppose it could be summarized as growth <laughs> yeah. uh, always growth with a scale up uh, we're hiring a lot right now yeah i've got about 45 open recs so that's kind of fun times as i'm sure you can imagine yeah um, i've also got we've just um hired a couple of new couple of big new hires um uh which we'll be announcing um which is obviously always exciting and then in terms of projects um more on development tools to help our people um uh, mentoring program um training our managers to be coaches um so we're working with an organization called circle um on that which is brilliant if you haven't heard what they're doing worth checking out um we're also trying to engage with the sort of wider community actually um as I said, I'm a big believer in networks. It's not just external, internal networks, but it's also external networks. So I run something called um, the Superpower Sessions. Um, nice. And Superpower Sessions, anyone can present on anything. So it's a kind of re-spinning of the learning lunch, really. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I've started to get external speakers um, to, to come in um, to talk to us about things they're working on, which um, people are loving, which is awesome. Um, and then um, a lot more on diversity and inclusion. So we've got book clubs, we've got standardizing our recruitment process, we've got, we ran a heritage week, um, uh, which we'll be doing more of, um, the reverse mentoring. So a, a ton of stuff, as I said, I try and approach things not only to try and keep people here but make it an environment in which people actually want to stay mm. um, and I think um, as the business grows we mustn't lose sight of what matters to people um, and everyone fundamentally wants to belong um, and so I'm trying to create an environment that people want to belong to. Well, I, I think it's a, a, amazing just to hear everything that you are doing to create that environment of belonging. Um, I feel really inspired having listened to, to you tell us all of the different things that you do. And it's made me feel like, right, actually, that book club we used to have, I need to get that going again. So it's been an absolute pleasure learning about what you do and how you as an individual get it done. And I think it's all inspiring that, you know, you joined five weeks before before lockdown, the first one, and, and you've achieved so much and are doing so much. Um, so, you know, look how resilient we are as an industry and as people. We can get yeah. stuff done, even if it's only through Zoom. So it's been an absolute pleasure uh, getting to know you in the business. And thank you so much for being on the Talent Surgery podcast series. You're welcome. <laughs>